Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. In this episode, we're going to get granular in the All Mountain West category. If there is a single do-it-all ski, particularly for Western big mountain skiing, it no doubt lives in this category and probably has a waist width of 98 or 100 millimeters. The reason is simple. Up to this girth, 95 to 100 millimeters, which are the boundaries of this category, these relatively wide skis don't feel fat underfoot, so they ride the groom like a frontside ski, yet provide as much flotation and powder as possible, without the width being a negative when the powder is gone. Manufacturers recognize the importance of this genre and therefore give it their very best effort, creating a rich array of options for the high-performance skier. It's remarkable that one category can contain so many different sensations, and almost every ski is really, really good. Pay attention to this category, dear listener, for if you don't already own an all-Mountain West ski, you will. A mere 15 years ago, we would have choked on those words, but skis 100 millimeters underfoot then were niche models positioned as ideal for Alaskan heli guides. The evolution that has taken place in the interim was triggered by the arrival of the vocal mantra in 2006, at first in the slightly more svelte waist width of 94 millimeters. As with most vocals made for men, then as now, there was no skimping on the quality of the construction. The mantra was a rich, powerful ski right out of the chute. It performed like a soft GS race ski, but in a width that tracked through powder like the Blitzkrieg, taking no prisoners. It quickly found a following due to Vocal's already swollen ranks of faithful adherence, attracting the attention of every other major brand. Nothing engenders a wave of imitators quite like creating a new niche with a high price tag. Driving the success of this genre is the eternal hope that part of the do-it-all equation will be a generous dose of fresh, deep powder. If you eliminate powder and its evil twin, crud, from the mix of conditions in which you'll use the ski, there's no compelling reason to increase the ski's flotation. But unless you live at the base of the ski resort, you can't be sure what you'll encounter in a big mountain. If a pocket of powder suddenly becomes available, wouldn't you rather be in a ski that will embrace the situation? This is the mentality that has persuaded an increasingly large percentage of the market to gravitate to this genre. Most, if not all, print-published ski tests would include under the All Mountain West headings skis up to 110 millimeters underfoot. Their inclusion is, in part, driven by the manufacturers who want to increase the number of star products in this critical genre. But we believe bundling models on either side of the 100 millimeter divide ignores a vital distinguishing trait. Narrower skis put less strain on the skier in every condition but crud powder. Sure, young bucks who log countless miles on western slopes use 108s and wider as their everyday ski, God bless them, but we feel that the skis between 101 and 113 millimeters underfoot should be treated as big mountain models that transparently sacrifice certain hard snow behaviors to achieve greater flotation and presumed ease in unbroken snow. Within any genre, there are skis that are curl-in-your-lap pussycats, our finesse favorites, and skis that are relentless fall-line predators, which we collect into our power favorites. The key virtue of the former is they improve ease and terrain access for less aggressive, lighter weight, or lower skill skiers. 
The archetypical trait of the power posse is they are utterly unflappable, no matter where you go or how fast you go once you get there. There isn't a line of copy in any ski supplier's brochure that would suggest their all-mountain west ski possesses a single limitation, but this untempered enthusiasm conveniently overlooks a critical factor, namely the prospective skier's skill level. To be brief, anyone who would not classify himself or herself as advanced is looking behind the wrong door. To be less brief, (laughs) if you don't regularly tip the ski to a high edge angle, if you don't ski with your feet extended away from your body, if you don't have separation between the central angle of your upper body and the median that runs from your hips to your feet, if you don't ski comfortably at speed, then you should look for a frontside ski that will help you develop these skills. The problem is that if a lower-skill skier acquires a model with a 100mm waist too early in his or her development, forward progress will freeze, slow down, or even regress as the wider ski proves too cumbersome to tilt. The skier will probably feel better in powder and crud, but that's about the extent of the benefits. Before delivering a blow-by-blow detailed description of every model in the field, let's take a look at the field globally. All of the unisex All-Mountain West models, whether new or returning, biased towards power or finesse properties, lightweight or burly, strive to serve two masters by providing enough surface area to facilitate off-piece skiing while retaining basic carving skills for when the off-trail is off-limits. All Mountain West finesse models focus on making off-road terrain easier to tame for less aggressive skiers, while recommended power skis come alive at higher revs. Once infused with speed, the top power skis don't so much float over choppy terrain as demolish it. If our top three models for 2021 sound familiar, it's because all are fresh takes on established stars in this important genre. Interestingly, the Blizzard Bonafide 97, Nordica Enforcer 100, and Kessley MX-98 are the only all-Mountain West models to upgrade their flagship models, and all did so by making their image-making model easier to ski. If there's an overarching theme to the category this year, it's that the highest finesse scores went to the most powerful skis. The three largest and most lauded French brands all launched new all-Mountain collections this year to instant critical acclaim. The Solomon Stance 96, Dinastar M Pro 99, and Rosignol Black Ops Holy Shred all earned recommended medallions for essentially the same reason as our other top picks. They're making strong, stable skis that are also easy to guide, making elite skiing more accessible for more skiers. Now we're going to get into the details. First, we'll begin with our power picks. These are all conditioned chargers. Not all the best skiers on big mountains use all-mountain west skis as their everyday ski, but the ones that do are probably on one of our power picks. It's not that less skilled skiers can't handle them if they're sized appropriately, important point readers and listeners. But these skiers aren't meant to mosey down the mountain. The power picks in this genre are built to batter down the stiffest crud, an approach that only works if the throttle is open. If you're an expert skier and you haven't tried one of these models yet, don't let another season go by without doing so. To paraphrase the late, great Warren Miller, 
If you don't do it this year, you'll be another year older when you do. To inject a personal note into the proceedings, I adhere to my own advice, choosing an all-Mountain West power ski as my daily driver. If you're a Western skier who logs more than 30 days a season and charges the fall line, you probably already have one of these models. If you don't, get one. Without further ado, our top picks for the 2021 All-Mountain West Power Skis is the Blizzard Bonafide 97. Yes, it's an old name, but it's a new ski. Let's get into the story. There's no better problem to have than a runaway hit. For nearly a decade, Blizzard's flip-core construction has propelled the previously struggling Austrian brand to the top of the ranking that matters most, market share of high-end model sales. On the distaff side, the upward charge has been led by the Black Pearl 88, America's favorite ski for the past four years. On the unisex front, the sweet spot in the line lands on the Bonafide, rechristened for 2021 as the Bonafide 97 to draw attention to its makeover. Like all brands, Blizzard is under pressure to periodically renew every corner of its collection, whether they need it or not. The trick the brand has had to pull off several times, including this year, is refreshing its successful designs without fundamentally changing them. To alter the Bonafide's feel without sacrificing its identity is an intricate challenge that Blizzard attacked from the inside out. A great all-terrain ski begins with a well-balanced flex, which begins with the core. To obtain just the right pressure distribution, thin bands of dense beach are inlaid among poplar laminates, a design Blizzard calls True Blend. Each True Blend core is optimized not just by model, but by size as well. In essence, the Bonafide 97 isn't one new model, but six. True Blend specificity by length magnifies the importance of size selection. The 189CM likes to run with the throttle open. If you prefer to tighten up the side cut radius and have a little more camber underfoot, the 183CM is a wider choice. The 177CM Bonafide 97 is easily managed by skiers who prefer to canter rather than gallop and doesn't require an extra kick of testosterone to make it responsive. Once Blizzard committed to the True Blend core, it reassessed all of its properties, including baseline, in other words, the length and severity of the tip and tail rockers, and the side cut. The cumulative effect is that the new Bonafide rolls to the edge compliantly, ready to grip according to the pilot's dictates of edge pressure and angle. One of the complaints leveled against earlier editions of the Bonafide was that it favored expert skiers capable of channeling its lust for speed. While that's still true of the longest length, the charge won't hold water against the shorter sizes. The Bonafide 97 still favors experts, but only because any great ski is always best appreciated by those with the skills to extract its elite performance. Any ski in the all-Mountain West genre has to be able to manage chopped-up crud, as that's about as close to a pristine snowfield as an inbound skier is likely to find after 9.30 in the morning. There's no better proving ground for the Bonafide 97 supreme talent, smashing through uneven, tracked-up powder as if it were buttery smooth. Yes, it takes some speed to do this, but that's how to ski heavy chop. No one has yet made a more terrain-agnostic ski than the Bonafide 97, which retains its grip on the all-Mountain West crown for both power and finesse properties.
Now on to the number two All-Mountain West power ski, the Nordica Enforcer 100. The original Enforcer didn't require the 100 as a suffix, as it was the head of a family of one. The replacement for the all-fiberglass Hellenbach, the original Enforcer applied a traditional wood and tetanal laminate construction to a double-rockered baseline. It won an immediate following among strong, skilled skiers, who in turn influenced a wide bandwidth of advanced skiers to adopt it as their everyday ride. When the Enforcer 93 proved to be a wildly popular spin-off, the era of Enforcer proliferation kicked into high gear. The Enforcer 110 and Enforcer Pro, which is now the 115 Free, rolled out a new baseline and layup, followed by the Enforcer 104 Free and Enforcer 88, all contenders for best overall ski in their respective categories. But while its family grew all around it, the primordial Enforcer 100 remained unchanged. Until now. For 2021, Nordic has applied the lessons learned in making the latest Enforcers to the firstborn. The alterations include a construction change to the Energy 2 TI sandwich that now infuses the entire Enforcer family, and the ability to adjust the contact points, in other words, where the rocker and the camber zone meets in the baseline, according to each size. Core profile and side cut are also tweaked with each length, so the new Enforcer 100 calibrates performance by size. The biggest change in on-snow comportment between the ancestral Enforcer and the newbie is in the forgiveness and ease of use departments. Not that the old boy has been gutted, far from it, but the new kid seems to transition to its camber zone more smoothly, and while it's still lively off the edge, it's easier to decamber in its longer lengths. It's unusually easy to feather the edge or switch from carving to drifting to match the terrain. The acid test for an all-terrain ski with aspirations of greatness is a powder-covered mogul field that was untouched two hours ago. The Enforcer 100 looks at this dumpster fire of a ski run with the preternatural calm of the Buddha. It's not worried if you're not. Don't be afraid to floor it, for the 2021 Enforcer 100 still has the wood and metal guts of a GS race ski. Intimidation is not in its vocabulary. Power and forgiveness in equal measure is the holy grail of ski design. The Enforcer 100 comes frightfully close to this ideal. It's like an all-wheel drive roadster, sucking up terrain changes, drifting through hairpins, and firing down the fall line. This is why you get an all-terrain ski in the first place. You don't have to be an expert to handle the Enforcer 100, provided you get the correct length for your ability and where you plan on skiing, but it never hurts to have elite skills. When sizing it for everyday use, be aware that the tip rocker is steep but short, so you don't lose much snow contact. This means a 179cm ski is plenty stable for most men, especially those who favor tight turns, moguls, or trees as their favorite habitat. Joining the Blizzard and Nordica on our podium is the Kessley MX-98, which, like them, is new this year. The 2021 Kessley Collection is a particularly important one in the brand's history, as it's the first under new ownership that moved production to its own Czech factory. Whenever a venerable brand changes where its skis are made, there's always a risk that quality will go down, which for a high-end line like Kessley could deal a fatal blow to its reputation. 
Kessley adherents everywhere can now exhale. If the new MX-98 is any indication, Kessley's new facility can produce a ski every bit as good as any Kessley that's preceded it, which is saying a lot. The last time Kessley made an MX-98, it was the burliest all-mountain west ski on the market. Its beech and silver fir core was bracketed by two 0.5-millimeter tetanal layers. All that torsional rigidity made the ski feel wider than its measurements. If the skier didn't commit to the turn, the ski would sense weakness and assume control. If you weren't a strong technical skier, you were more prisoner than pilot. This personality profile didn't change with the advent of the MX-99 two seasons ago. A top layer of carbon and a new generation of holotech, Kessley's signature shock-dampening shovel design, muffled a bit more vibration, but the ski's non-negotiable approach to turn shape, Zafiwa Zabeta, limited its potential owners to those experts willing to submit to its terms. The 2021 MX-98 incorporates several design changes that together flip the ski's personality from stubborn to compliant. The tip is a tad wider in order to accommodate the larger Holotech 3.0 insert, and its slight early rise returns to a fully cambered baseline further up the ski. Both these moves improve snow contact, which the MX-98 excels at. Note that the tail is square and flat, so the MX-98 can hang onto the bottom half of a carved turn better than any other ski in the all-Mountain West genre. Inside, the MX-98 switched silver fur for poplar, which made the ski lighter, and dropped the top layer of carbon, allowing the inherent springiness of its top and bottom fiberglass laminates to shine. The result is a ski that feels quicker both on and off the edge, and while it remains a long-radius ride, it feels more maneuverable than its earlier incarnations. One property that hasn't changed about the flagship MX model is its pedigree. It comes from a line of carving models, the only ski in the All-Mountain West to do so. What this means in practice is that when other All-Mountain West models confront a foot of new snow, they're predisposed to ride near the surface, while the MX-98 bulls it to the side. Getting knocked off course feels not only unlikely, but impossible. Because the MX-98 is at heart a technical ski, it's best appreciated on the feet of a skilled skier. No question the new MX-98 is a more forgiving, easier-to-manage model than its ancestors, but it's still not a set of training wheels. Jim Schaffner of Starthouse, the embodiment of a strong technical skier, assesses the MX-98 as, quote, a huge improvement over last year's model. This answers the question about the quality of the new factory. This is a must-have ski on the wall for next season, close quote. Footloose Sports Larry Rhodes concurs, whimsically noting that to properly score the MX-98, quote, I need an 11 on the real skier's 10-point scale. Our number four power ski is the M5 Mantra from Vocal. When the M5 Mantra appeared two years ago, it was received like an answered prayer by thousands of Mantra fans who didn't much care for the iteration that preceded it. The attributes that had been erased over time, and that the M5 Mantra restored, were a tighter waist for a more accurate hard snow steering and conventional camber underfoot for greater grip and control over trajectory. 
Vocal didn't just resurrect an old mantra concept. It created an entirely new recipe using the same classic components, wood, fiberglass, and tetanol, that had helped put the original mantra on the map. The new configuration is called tetanol frame, but the difference maker is how the top sheet of the tetanol has been rearranged. Instead of a solid end-to-end laminate, Vocal broke the top sheet into three pieces a 0.6 millimeter thick section in the forebody that runs around the perimeter and over the tip, a similar 0.6 millimeter U-shaped part in the tail, and an independent 0.4 millimeter plate in the middle. By making it easier to bow underfoot, the skier can more readily compress the fat sheet of fiberglass right below the metal bits, loading the ski with energy and delivering another element mantra fans had been missing. Rebound. Back in the day, liveliness was a common trait among performance skis. With the advent of shape skis, advanced technique involved maintaining snow contact through the end of the arc. Popping off the snow became a faux pas. Rockered tips reared their ugly heads and camber lines flattened out like deflated tires. By allowing the fiberglass in its belly to compress, the M5 mantra creates the energy to recoil off the edge and fire the skier through the turn transition. It's expert skiing as it used to be, before it became popular to make off-trail skis that were built more for skidding than carving. The M5 mantra is the antidote to the Slarvy ski. It's not a ski for floating over fluffy drifts of powder. Its mission is to dive into the pow and blow it up from the bottom, using the energy out of the turn to bring the ski up the surface like a dolphin. No other ski in the genre is as firmly committed to carving through thick and thin as the M5. Quote, so happy to have the camber back in the mantra, close quotes, exults Bob Gleason, expressing a thought that formed a common thread through our results. A smooth and snappy feeling, carves like a blade and finish the turn with authority, said Gleason. For the skier with established carving skills, looking for a ski unintimidated by rough and tumble terrain, the revitalized M5 mantra is your kind of board. One comment about the M5 mantra's comparatively low rank on the finesse scale. The M5 was focused from its inception to serve the needs and meet the expectations of experts. Hence the cambered baseline, the tighter waistline, the higher energy level off a pressured edge. It doesn't smear as readily as many old Mountain West models because it isn't meant to. In our scoring, this shows up as a demerit. But for the technical skier, this carve-centric characteristic should earn a merit badge instead. Number five in our powder parade is the Solomon Stance 96, which is the first totally new ski in our collection of winners. Going into the 2021 season, Solomon has been riding a hot streak. Its footwear business is booming and it remains the dominant force in alpine boots, both in the U.S. and worldwide. Its introduction of the switch binding two seasons ago not only took the backcountry market by storm, it seemed to reinvigorate Solomon's passion for cutting-edge R&D overall. Over the span of several seasons, its QST ski collection has served as a laboratory for refining how to combine carbon, flax, and basalt to create a lightweight chassis damp enough to drive through cut-up crud without wobbling. But there remained a hole in its resume. The CFX twine that served so well in an off-trail series didn't pack the same punch on piste. Solomon's XDR series of frontside models were welterweights entering a ring stocked to the hilt with heavyweights. 
This misfit not only put a crimp in sales, it also meant that influential shop employees who wanted a hard-charging, all-purpose tool would look elsewhere for their daily driver. Solomon plugged the leak in its frontside offering by introducing the S-Force series last year. The flagship S-Force Bold is laden with enough tetanol to ride smoothly over an ice field, but this same trait limits it as an all-terrain tool. This left the QSTs to duke it out in the pivotal all-mountain genres with a phalanx of wooden metal powerhouses like the Blizzard Bonafide and the Nordica Enforcer 100, another David versus Goliath cage match. For Solomon to get back in the discussion as the ski brand to watch, remember the X-Scream? The French R&D machine needed to go toe-to-toe with the established stars. The reason for this elaborate backstory is that the newsstand series is Solomon's response to this situation. It wasn't going to win this battle with a cap construction, so the stance models use square sidewalls. To match up with metal, you have to use tetanol, so the stances are equipped with twin-frame tetanol laminates. You can't get a wood core feel without a wood core, so all the unisex stance models have an all-poplar center. All that said, the Stance 96 doesn't strictly imitate the benchmark skis that it presumes to supersede. Its rockered tip works better when buffering blows against loose snow. It feels a little loose on groomers and consequently a bit late into the top of the turn. But when it's fully laid over, it grips confidently regardless of the snow surface. The Stance 96 handles speed well, which is a good thing as it likes to hew closely to the fall line. Its long, natural turn shape is the product of an unusually narrow tail that helps keep the skier oriented downhill. A rectangular cutout in the Tetanil top sheet pairs off a few ounces, so the Stance 96 feels a little more agile than its girth would suggest. All in, the Stance 96 has a balanced blend of power and finesse properties. In its battle to win back the hearts of the best all-terrain skiers, Solomon is now well-armed. Sorry, dear listeners, but I can see by the frantically waving arms of my sound engineer that I have exceeded my target length and perhaps have strained the limits of your kind indulgence as well. I'll be back soon with ten more reviews of the best all-mountain West skis of 2021. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.